Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 196 of the podcast. It's the 1st of October, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Katie Patterson. Katie left school after kindergarten and grew up unschooling. She is an actress, a writer, and an all-around lover of horror. We talk about her childhood, how her path has unfolded, what she loved about unschooling, and what she's up to now. And speaking of, in our conversation, Katie mentions the crowdfunding campaign she's running right now for a short psychological horror film that she wrote called Only You. The campaign dates have shifted a bit since we spoke, and it's now running until October 24th. You can find the link in the show notes if you'd like to check it out and maybe contribute. As a personal update, Nero, our puppy, was neutered a few days ago, so we've been giving him extra love and care as he recovers. Though, to watch him in action, you'd never know he just had surgery. But that's pretty much been the big story this week. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend my time creating episodes each week and also to share the podcast archive, almost 200 episodes, for free with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week on Patreon, I'll be sending out my September roundup and the October desktop wallpaper. So if you're a patron, watch out for those. And now let's dive into my conversation with Katie. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Katie Patterson. Hi, Katie. Hi there. How's it going? <laughs> very good. Very good. Thank you. And you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good out here. Yay. It's hot. Oh, nice. It's cold here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually funny because like New York is like northeast and then California, LA is like southwest. And so we're like literally on the opposite ends of the spectrum here. And it's like ni- like in the 90s all the time, which is fine way of me because I actually used to live in New York a, like a few years ago. Uh-huh. And I remember 2011, they're like, oh, this is the wimpiest winter ever. And I'm like, this is a wimpy winter. Holy crap, I'm not going to survive a real one. I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> now, just for a bit of context for people, uh, in case they maybe recognize the last name, Katie is Sue Patterson's daughter. And I'm, I'm the other one because yeah, we had Alyssa a few yes, months ago, right? Yeah, yeah, we chatted with her. That was lots oh, of fun. Nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> and I look like my mom, but Alyssa does not look. She takes after my dad. <laughs> uh, see, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. And we've actually had so a number of people. Hmm? What was that? 
I was going to say, your mom's been on the podcast a number of times now, so people yes. are pretty used to that. And yeah. I'm really excited that you said yes to chatting about your experience growing up on schooling because, like you said, you know, siblings are very different. They yeah. have different experiences. They ha- Everybody's got their own interests and passions and everything, so I'm really excited to dive into yours. Just to get us started, let's just do, can you share a little bit about you and your family? Just to center uh, Let's see. I'm the second oldest in a a cluster of three, <laughs> and uh, we come from a military family, so we've been traveling around a lot. I sometimes call um call ourselves nomads because, like, particularly in myself, because if my dad was not in Kuwait at the time, I would have been born in Greensboro, North Carolina. But my mom didn't want to have me by herself, so she stayed in Dallas, and then she went back to Greensboro. So I didn't really have like a set place. So I'm like, I'm a nomad. I'm a nomad. That's what I am. (laughs) Okay. So as a nomad growing up, what were some of your interests? Did you, uh, you never went to school, right? Did you? Well, I went to kindergarten and then mom pulled me out for the first grade because she started doing it uh, doing unschooling with my brother. And then she's like, I don't know what, I'm going to try it with my daughter as well. Um, some of the interests I grew up, I had like little interests here and there. Like I had baking, I had some writing. Um, I played uh, hockey for a short period of my life. Um, I played <laughs> volleyball. The main interest, and it's actually interesting with this one because um, the main category stayed the same, but the subcategories changed which is the main category was performing. I love performing, but it developed over the years. Like when I was really little, I wanted to do opera and then that changed into musical theater. And then I did that for like close to a decade. And then I discovered, Ooh, there's this new aspect film. I want to check this out. And so I, I started doing film acting and now I'm not only in front of the camera, I'm also behind the camera with writing and producing. And so it's like, it's interesting to see it's the same thing but at the same time how it progressed Mm -hmm. over the years it's really interesting yeah so what were some of the things you did over the years were you um like putting on uh plays and performances yourself in your neighborhood with your family did you get involved in um like programs in the town or city where you guys were how did you do that? I did I did a lot of community theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot of auditioning um, through that way for musical theater. And then we also, my, my mom, she also had a little thing because she saw how much I loved theater. She did a thing called Backyard Productions where we would have all the other um, unschoolers in our group. We would do these, um, these plays. I think it was like Bad Wolf Press or something like that where they had like lots of different uh, plays and we would we did like Jack the Beanstalk we did Taipo Condos uh, I remember we did an at home impromptu weather channel thing with some friends we're like we're gonna do this this is gonna be fun we're gonna put the camera on us and we're gonna do this and it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> <laughs> oh that's spectacular that's spectacular now that actually leads really nicely into the next question that I had here because we talked pretty regularly on the podcast about giving kids room to explore their passions fully, even though, you know, sometimes it stretches our comfort zone. 
you know, because it maybe can feel like they're so focused on one thing. What about the rest of the world or, you know, whatever kind of fear is is rolling around in our head. So I'd love to hear your perspective on giving kids a space to pursue their passions. Honestly, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of pe- giving kids that space because if I honestly wasn't given the space to like explore, I probably would have just stuck with one genre, which probably would have been musical theater or opera. And I wouldn't have explored all these other genres of, of performing like with film and stuff like that. Cause that's something that I, I've noticed when I see, um, when I see parents are like, they're solely focused on this one thing. Is this going to be their career for life? That can change. It's not going to, and if you force it into them, if you're like thinking, oh, like for instance, they're like, oh, they're into gardening. They're going to become this great herbologist. I'm going to really dig into that. If you dig into that, I know from my personal experience, if you dig into it, there's going to be some resistance (laughs) and you're going to be like, no, no, back up, just back up. This is not cool. Don't, don't force me to do this. And in in the end, it's sad. Sometimes that with that force and that friction, it causes the child or anybody to lose interest in that. And they're like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go find something else. And so it's it's better to allow that freedom. That way they have that a chance to explore and be like, I really like this. Eh, that's not so much. Maybe I'll go into this avenue of it instead. Yeah, because, you know, I think... I think so often, like on one hand, when our, when we see our kids really interested in something, you know, we naturally kind of justify it to ourselves, you know, it can become a career, right? Mm-hmm. We can get locked in on that. But if we, if we keep that focus, it, we can, you know, in my experience, if we start, oh, what about this? And let's do this and let's do this and let's dive deeper into it. You kind of mm-hmm. take that experience out of their hands, don't you? It kind of becomes yeah. the parent's thing because the parent is kind of starting to direct it by saying, oh, well, let's do this because it's going to be really good for you. You know, let's. Yeah, let's it's, it's very much like Rose from gypsy sing out louise sing out louise that kind of mentality yeah yeah, and yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't like the stage mom mentality doesn't just pertain to just the theater or anything mm. like that it can it can go to anything if if it if like the parent is like really pushing the kid and the kid is being very resistant it's like no i'm just trying this for fun no this is just something i like to do doesn't mean i'm going to go into this for the rest of my life yeah um yeah, because I've, I've um, my brother actually, he did a little bit of theater um, as well growing up. He did some with me because I, I did it. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to try it too. And he looked into it. Or he was originally going to look into being an actor as well. But then he looked further into it. He's like, you know what, this is not really my thing. I'm kind of more into th- this, so I'm not going to do this anymore. And um, luckily, both my parents were like, okay that's that's your choice you if you don't want to do that anymore go ahead and so it 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 just ties into just like allowing that freedom of letting the kids um decide for themselves of like what are their interests what is it that drives them because it could become a career but at the same time it's it could just be something that they just enjoy doing yeah yeah i love uh, just you know kind of the image of <clears throat> of treating it 
lightly, not as in not taking it seriously, you know, but as in being curious of where it may go, because it may take like total left turns on you or on, on the child. But I, I found it easier or to approach it like with curiosity that helped me keep that. And, and to say, I want to put in as much energy as I can to help the child accomplish what they're trying to do. That was kind of my gauge for when I might be overstepping. If I felt like I was pushing instead of lifting up. Yeah, exactly. Can you see the difference between I'm I'm pushing you along or I'm lifting you up so that you can go in whatever direction you're finding interesting at the moment. But yeah, that that you do have to pay attention to when you're... Yeah, yeah, you have to pay attention to whether it's it's your kid wanting this or if it's you wanting. Yeah, because there are parents that are just like, I really want them to go into this, and the kid has absolutely no interest in yeah. that. So, and it, it's a it's, it's action and reaction. You got to see if what what it what it is, and if it starts having some resistance, back off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and then let's take the opposite tack. You know, when they're really into something um, that the parent might be. Uh, confused isn't the right word, but might not be comfortable with, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that might be something that um, is also challenging for the parent to do. And I think that is more along the line, I think getting more involved so that you can see through the child's eyes what it is the child's getting out of it, that can help stretch your comfort zones too because so often it's like kind of stereotype ideas of what that entails. You know, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, parkour, like my son was into, or, you know, all yeah. sorts of different things, the stereotype image of the kind of people who choose those things can can be what's getting in our way, right? Absolutely. Um, and I completely agree with you that if it is something that stretches a little bit of your comfort zone, first of all, make sure it's safe. If it's If it's not like... They're not like doing like the knife game or or something. Or other. Then you yes. might be like, okay, I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned. But like, for instance, um, with my style of acting, I'm like ninety five percent of the time I'm cast in horror or or dark comedy or thriller or something where I'm covered in blood. And my mom, it's not in her comfort zone, but she's willing to like explore it and yeah. and just be like. I understand this is your world. I can appreciate that you love it. It's not my thing. I remember actually one time I had posted a picture of me, like I came off a uh, shoot where I was killing zombies and I'm covered in zombie blood. And she actually texted me going, why can't you take nice pictures? <laughs> why are you always covered in blood? And I'm like, I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know. So I... I, I do, um, but if she was, like, completely resistant, it would have been a lot harder for me to really explore that genre, because I love, I love the horror genre. It's, 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 there is actually an interview with Robert England, who played um, Freddy Krueger, right. where he's like, where he, the question was asked, did horror choose you, or did you choose horror? And he's like, no, horror chose me. I feel the same way, because I grew up doing a lot of spooky stuff, like a Halloween was my favorite holiday, my mom and I would fight on when the Halloween decorations would go up, I'd always say right after 4th of July, she's like, no, October 1st. I'm like, and so we'd always put heads on that. <laughs> but um, 
and in, even then, like in in my adulthood, the creepiness factor still edged in because my wedding was a Halloween themed wedding where everybody came dressed in costume. I had Gandalf the White officiate my wedding. And it was a lot of fun. Not the traditional sense. And my mom was like, Katie, are you are you sure? You want to do it? I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. She's like, okay, as long as you're happy. <laughs> I saw some pictures that looked amazing. I remember seeing ah. that on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the point being, um, the, like bringing it back around, um, allowing your kids to explore those avenues, even if you aren't exact, if they're not comfortable with you, it could lead to something great. Like once, once again, started off as a spooky kid loving Halloween, and now I make horror films. Mm -hmm. I and I act in horror films and and stuff like that. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's that that little tweak, remembering that you know your kids aren't you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy exactly. to say, but you know, it's hard yeah. to remember when you're because you know we we try we put ourselves in our kids you know in their shoes but then you got to remember well they're not me they have different mm -hmm. dreams they have different likes they have different dislikes so i can't really put myself in their shoes i have to imagine being them in their shoes yeah. now i can see why they love that now i can see why that wedding is so exciting for you you know i'm sure your mom was doing that <laughs> i know she was doing that especially with the spooky stuff she's like you should just this is like, even with like headshots where she's just like, I love the ones where you're super smiley. And I'm like, that's a commercial shot. Those are if I do commercials, which is hard in between. This is the better shot for what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So looking back now, what do you feel you appreciate most about growing up unschooling? Oh, I would probably say the time that I got because I, with, with the time that I was allotted, I was able to really delve into those interests and like really, really explore them. Like people who are auditioning for community theater, they loved me because I didn't have a school schedule that I had to abide by. Like I remember I did Fiddler on the Roof when I was, oh God, I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And um, rehearsals would go to like midnight, sometimes one in the morning because it is a long show. And the kids, they're like, we're gonna let some of these kids go early because they gotta go to school. And I'm like, no, I, I don't have school. I can stay late. You can stay late? Yeah, I could just sleep <laughs> in the morning. Oh my God, yes! <laughs> so it, it was an advantage for me as well as like, great for me to explore my interests. And I got to do, explore different things that I liked. Once again, kind of tying into the like, figuring out what you like and what you don't like. For instance, something that I did and explored and sure enough didn't like, camping and hiking. I indoor <laughs> person. There's, there's a reason why I'm as pale as I am right now. I'm, I'm, I don't go out in the sun, I'm a hermit. Camping for me is at a five-star hotel. <laughs> But it's something that the rest of my family really loves. And I do it whenever they're like, we're going to do a family camping trip. I'm like, eh, okay, it's not my thing, but I'll still do it just, just for everybody. But for me, I am not the one that's going, let's go up camping in, in some remote cabin in the woods. First of all, that's how the serial killers get. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen cabin in the woods. <laughs> I have too. <laughs> 
<laughs> as, you, as you can tell, I'll, I'll probably sneak in a lot of horror references and hey, stuff like that. It's my world, so... My daughter brought those into our lives. I was not, I, I didn't mind. You know what? Growing up, I was a big Stephen King fan, but then I, I kind of faded out of that. But yeah, re-embraced it as, you know, it came up. That that was something that I stretched around for a while because my daughter very much got into like the, the that kind of gory makeup and setting up scenes. And, you know, there were, there were dolls all, you know, rearranged, <laughs> redressed. Uh, yeah, yeah, all sorts of things. So, yeah, so we played around a lot with that too. So that's really fun. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love that the idea of time, right? Being able to have that space and that open time to just explore the things, and you can find out all those details about yourself. Like you learn yeah. so much about yourself, don't you? Exactly. I I feel like I. F- I, I think my sister touched upon this as well in her interview because I was actually listening to it yesterday. Um, um, with the time that you're allotted in own schooling, you get to really explore yourself as an adult and like how you're growing up is like, this is how I function. Like one thing I noticed for myself in particular is like in comparison to girls my age who went to high school, they were looking for relationships just to have relationships. Whereas if I was looking for a relationship, which was far and in between, um, I was like, is this somebody I could spend the rest of my life with? And so I was actually really looking at them as a person rather than, Oh, I have a boyfriend and we're going to, this is so great. He takes me to the movies and he takes me to shopping, blah, 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 blah. No, no, that was, that was never me. I was always like, okay, let's see. Let me check your credentials. Mm, this is not my God. <laughs> that was me. And I, I, I really do. I, I don't I like I put that to like the, like exploring myself and figuring out who and what I wanted as a person. And yeah. like, I, in a sense, I grew up faster. I feel like I matured faster than a lot of other kids my age. Like, um, for instance, at 16, kids are like, oh, I'm getting re-. 16, 17. They're like, oh, I'm getting ready for prom. Me, I had jobs. I worked like three different part-time jobs. And when I turned 18, I did uh, college for like five days a week. And then at 19, at the same time as doing college and working three jobs, I booked a movie. So I'm like, and people had asked me all the time, especially at that age, and I hated this question. It's like, aren't you sad you didn't go to prom? Oh, I was an adult by that. I was like, I've got three jobs. I've got college. I've got a movie that I'm, I'm being paid to be a part of. I don't have time to worry about really things like prom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's true. And I think in one sense, you know, in a bigger picture of the site of society, right? We really do, um, it's funny. We want our little kids. I've seen that meme around. We want our little kids to grow up fast. And then we want our, you know, teens not to grow up, right? You know, yeah. not to get out in the real world and be doing real, real things, right? We just keep yeah. them under more control. You know, so I think that is such a great point. Because when you have the space to take on these things, when you want to take them on, so often mm-hmm. it's earlier than what society typically has laid out for the plan, right? For teens and young adults. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel grateful that I was given the, the like the space to like, 
um, really explore myself, really explore my interests. And and my life was great. I loved my life. I wouldn't change anything about my life at all. I'm just like, yeah, I feel confident of myself as a person. And I like, I know they're like, yeah, there's still some stuff I'm still learning about myself because you're always learning. There's no, never a time when you're not learning. But I feel like in comparison, especially in, in my like early twenties and in my late teenhoods, I like a, a better grasp of like what I wanted and who I was um, compared to a lot of people who were in school and conditioned to think this is what society wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And I I want to grab onto that because that is such a great point about how we change as people, right? And I think having um, that space to see that in ourselves over the years, like to recognize that, oh, I like this thing and, and this interest then morphed here. And then I was no longer interested. And I, you know, I found this instead to be able to see and, and, and understand happily that these changes happen to us, I think is, is also a valuable thing to bring into adulthood because Without that, you know, as adults, we can feel like, oh, we chose this career path. And, oh, look, we're getting into the next question. But, you know, we chose this this career for And then we feel bad or like we failed if we choose something else. Change that, right? Yeah. But having had the space and time to realize that uh, we change as people and that's okay, that that's, that's a positive thing. We're now learning something else about ourselves. Like, like you said, this, this is not something that stops. We are always learning about ourselves, right? Yeah. Like I, like I mentioned before the, the thing with Robert England and the epiphany of my own of like, I poor chose me. That was actually something I learned six months ago before. And so like, that's, and that's something that like a lot of parents don't, realize they feel like once you hit the age of 18, you know, or like or 18 or 20 or 21, they should know who they are by now. They should know their life goals, their plan. I'm still learning stuff about myself. Like it wasn't like until like about six months to a year ago where I'm like, you know what? Horror is the genre. I'm getting cast in horror. I always loved horror. I morally want to like lean into that myself. Instead of trying to split myself into many different things, stuff that could work that but doesn't work, or stuff that does not write for me at all, and stuff that just does not speak to me as a person. And so it's, it, you're always learning, even as adults, even in your 30s, heck, there, even in your 80s. I remember reading, um, listening to an audio book by um, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, Big Magic, there was some 80 year old woman who had studied this thing for 10 years. I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of um, pottery thing. I think if I can't remember correctly, but she's like, I learned this thing when I was 70 to be 10 years. I'm now an expert. It changed my life. You're still learning stuff. Even at 70, 80, 90 years old, you're still learning stuff and you can change as a person because who knows, maybe in my forties, I'll decide, you know what? I'm going to put acting aside. I'm going to focus on reading or producing, or maybe I'll take a hand, the handles with directing or become a costume designer or something. It's, um, you're always learning. You're always changing. That's how humanity is. You're always developing. And you're always changing with what's your environment and what's going on. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes you try it out and you're like, you know what? This was a bad idea. I'm going to go back (laughs) to that. 
Yeah, no, but that's the whole point, right? Exploring. We're exploring, mm-hmm. we're exploring the world, we're exploring who we are, we're exploring how we mesh together. You know, a lot of parents exactly. listening here are exploring the idea of unschooling and how that can work for their family. And that changes things up. So that's that's really interesting. Now, speaking of, I wanted to touch on on the career paths thing because, you know, with acting and stuff. And because there are definitely career paths, like, you know, you always hear, um, you know, I don't want you to be be an actor because right? it's not a stable income. You know, you've got a job and maybe you've got a great yeah. job for a little while, but then, you know, the show ends or the movie's done or, you know, so it's it's not what some parents dream of that reliable kind of income, stable life for their child. So I was yeah. just curious what your experience has been with that so far. You know, have you had a lot of people questioning that choice? Um, you know, wondering if, you know, are you going to just try this out for a couple of years and then you'll go do something else? If, if it doesn't work, how are you going to decide that? So I was just curious how you maybe answer that if you've had that. Um, I've had a few people here and there where, especially in my early days in my earlier in my career where they're like, what's your plan B? What do you do if you don't get work? And here's my thing. And I think my mom actually talked to you a little bit about this as well. I'm not a believer in plan B's. I believe that if you focus on plan B, you'll lose sight of plan A. Like an analogy that I had, that I always had in my head is think of, your life as a boat or a ship if you're if you want to be epic <laughs> and um, getting from your um, from where you are to your destination is plan a plan B is if the ship sinks and if the ship sinks you go into survival mode and you're like okay what do I need to do to survive I need this and this and this got it done for me is plan B is just survival mode. And if like, if I need to figure out a survival mode, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I was like, okay, this isn't working. I need this and this and this cool. Um, but for me, I feel like if you focus on a plan B and you're like, I need that security net, I need that plan B. What if it doesn't work? I need this. I need this. You're going to lose sight of plan A and you're going to be like so focused on it that you're going to the, it, it, the plan A will just become a figment of your imagination, essentially. Like there was another, I, my friend gave me a podcast and the initial point of the podcast is that, that imagine if there was somebody who was really talented and it was, it was like, like for instance, like a celebrity or somebody who's in the business world and they were like people going up to them going, you're really talented. You were really, you really are great at this. Why don't you pursue this? She's like, and they're like, oh, I like this, but I need to focus on just the bills. Otherwise, otherwise I'm, if I have time, I'll do this. But then they focus on making on plan B on paying rent and stuff like that, which is not something I'm saying, don't focus on paying rent, pay your rent. (laughs) But I'm saying, um, there's like, if you lose focus on plan A, like, like if they had, like, if this like celebrity had like chosen to just worry about paying the bills instead of focusing on plan A, we, then we, we might not see them in the, in the public eye. They may not have risen to become the great people that they are or they were if they've passed on. And so for me, I'm like, plan B is survival mode. I focus only on plan A. And plan B is only if I absolutely need it. Yeah, I, no, I think that's a great, <clears throat> a great way to look at that because, you know, plan A is, is, is really pursuing your dreams, right? Those are the things that you really want to do, that you love to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
as you're saying, making that work for, for paying rent or for, and, but you're setting up your life that way too, right? So, you know, you're not, you're also choosing when you're not making a lot of income with, with your dream kind of work. You're choosing, you know, smaller places where your rent is less, you know, you know what I mean? You're, you're maybe doing a part-time job here or there, you know, it doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean that you don't do the things that you need to do to live, but it, it, it totally, if you start planning a lot for the backup, I think you're right. That often takes over because it feels safer. Exactly. And that's another thing that I want to touch on because like plan A, your dreams and your stuff, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable space to be in for both parents and kids. I have had so many, uh, panic attacks and like nights where I stay up and I'm like, I'm scared that this has happened. Like I actually have a fear, not only of failure, but I have a fear of success as well, where I'm like, my life is going to change in this way. And if it does change this way, what if I'm not able to handle it? And I fall, the higher the person, the more dramatic the fall. And my friend, actually, I remember talking to my, one of my best friends from college. Um, I remember talking to her about it and she's like, it scares you. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, good. That means you care about it. Mm-hmm. And so, and that just stuck with me. And so anytime I feel uncomfortable or I feel scared about something, I'm like, okay, that fear is there. It means I care about it. I'm not going to let it direct me, but it means that this is a really important thing for me. And I, I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the point too about survival mode, because that's another thing I think you get with, especially, you know, with unschooling where you're making a lot of your, you're making choices for your own life. Right. And, and sometimes things go wrong. It's, it's not that unschooling is la 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 life is perfect or anything. Right. But you learn that in those moments when something goes wrong, you can find the ABC thing that you need to do in this moment, right? You build up that trust in yourself that you can take care of yourself when something Mm -hmm. happens, right? Because yeah. And I, life. and I think that's, and I think that's something that a lot of parents don't think, especially um, whether it's conscious or subconscious or, or not, they don't know. They're thinking I, if I put my kids in school, that'll prepare them for those things like time management or survival skills. That's instinctual. That's what survival um, survival mode is an instinctual thing since the dawn of time, and it's not something that you're taught. It's something that you that you just have. That's just part of you. And uh, I invite parents to like really understand that like they know that if they're failing, they can. They deep down they may have panic a little bit. I've had my panics, yeah. my panic scares, but deep down they know what in like what are the core roots of what needs to be done in order to survive. Mhm. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And and I think that's something that as you kind of as you gain experience because there are downtimes in life, right? So you've made it through like I, they hear something and I don't even know exactly how I'm going to get through it yet. But eventually you realize, look, that's happened like three or four times. Not the same thing, probably. But you, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I know I can step up and figure something out. 
figure something yeah. out. And and your kids over time, you guys get more trust in that as well because you've had those mm-hmm. experiences and we live together through them. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not hiding exactly. them when they happen. We're not trying to um, scare our kids either, but you share at their level, you know, what's going on. Experiences. Exactly, exactly. So everybody's living together, having those experiences and building up that kind of um, ex- understanding and trust in themselves that they can figure a way through, even if they don't know what it is now, right? Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of, I'd love to hear what you're working on right now. What I'm working on right now, I am actually, um, depending on when this uh, podcast goes out, I am working on a crowdfunder for a horror short film that I have written. Uh, The crowdfunder is going to launch on September 17th and go until October 17th, so 30 days. Um, I wrote it. I'm going to be acting in it. I'm producing it, not directing it, because that's actually something I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to try that yet. (laughs) But um, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a lot of spooky stuff. I've been working on on the script for like over a year now. And so it's it's really excited. We're planning on raising 25. We're trying to raise 25K, which is in the film business, really slow. Like Mm -hmm. really, really really small. In the real life, it's like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> but I, I have confidence in my team. I, I've got confidence in myself. I'm like, okay, I'm spearheading this campaign. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a lot of like what I've been focusing on for the past month is like prepping for the campaign and for um, getting it ready for um, our launch date. Yeah, that's so much learning even there, it right? Is. Learning all about it that is. funding. I've 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 done crowdfunders before, but just as like a team member, I've never spearheaded crowdfunders before. So this is a brand new experience for me. Once again, you're still learning. Even (laughs) nearing my, I'm like two years shy of being 30 and I'm still learning new things with, with my, with my work and with my life and like the kind of person I am. So it's it's a brand new experience. <laughs> <laughs> and you wrote it. That's cool. I didn't know that piece. Oh, yeah. yeah, I I wrote this thing. Uh it's funny. I actually um originally wrote one of the scenes as like something for my demo reel as an actor. And then I went to my produce um, my fellow producer, Savvy, and I'm like, "Hey Savvy, what do you think of this? Does it need tweaking?" And she's like, "This is good. Actually, this would actually make a really interesting short film." I'm like, oh. "Challenge accepted. Let's try it." what happens if we develop this story and I developed it I cut some stuff out and now it's this 10 page glorious script about a man who comes home to find his stalker waiting for him with dinner in the oven oh that's definitely a nice creepy setup (laughs) it is I love it Oh, that's spectacular. And yeah, the episode will go out during your your window there. So I'll be sure to share in the show notes all the links for people. If they want to check it out, go see what's up there too. That's awesome. Check it out, contribute, share it on your social media, and that would be awesome. <laughs> Terrific. And like I said in my and like I say in my pitch video, this is the one time you can be a stalker and it'll be okay. And it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> 
Sorry, right, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one question that I'd love to ask all our grown unschoolers. As mm-hmm. a grown unschooler, what piece of advice would you like to share with unschooling parents who are just starting out on this journey? It involves a lot of listening, listening to your child, listening to yourself and figuring out, okay, like, like we talked before, figuring out what are our limits and what, and it's like, is this my discomfort or is this my child's discomfort? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of listening and also learning to let go and learning to like, let your child explore on their own. If they need help, they'll come to you for help. Um, you don't have to helicopter mom or helicopter dad if you're if you're an unschooling dad. Um, that understand that they they can figure it out, and if they need help, they'll come to you. And the second thing I say, I say this in seriousness as well as not so seriousness. The TV is not an evil entity. Do not fear the talking box. It is not going to eat you in your sleep. <laughs> um, because a fun fact about me um, and bro- why I bring it up and because it ties, it does tie into like me as a person and me and my career and stuff like that. I didn't really talk until I was nearly four. Like when I say didn't really talk, I mean, I don't mean I'm talking like this where I'm speaking full on sentences. I'm speaking spontaneously of like how I feel and stuff like that. What I did was I would watch movies and if a line um, brought forth a certain emotion and later in the day, if I felt that certain emotion again, I would repeat that same line that, um, that I had the same emotion because that's how I connected it. And, uh, sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. And I was very great. I'm very grateful because my parents, like it could, they could have very easily been like, no, don't do that. That's weird. That's, that's not a normal thing. Instead, we turned it into a game that we played at dinner where we would quote movies and we'd have to guess what movie we were quoting to, um, and, and we would just like play for hours. Like we would have dinner and then we're like, okay, it's time to play movie quotes. Let's, what do we, what do we got? Who's got the first quote? Who can, who can out quote, who can out quote everybody else? I won a lot of the times, because I was really good. but at the same time, because of that, I was able to develop the memorization that I learned at that very young age, like about three and a half, nearly four. And it learned into like my memorization of scripts as an actor and memorization of emotions and, and like learning how to like push di- different buttons to like bring forth the motion organically. Or as my, um, one of my acting teachers told me living truthfully in imaginary circumstances. And that thing that could have been seen as a defect that could have been seen as a great fault ultimately turned into what I am now where I'm able, I make a career out of memorization and, and attaching it to emotion. Oh, I love that story, Katie. Thank you very much for sharing that because that's the thing we were talking about before too, right? Being Mm -hmm. open to our kids and seeing our kids, um, you know, through their eyes instead of through our lens. You know, mm-hmm. and like you were talking about that judgment of this is this is weird. This is something wrong. This is something yeah. we need to fix. But it's, it's not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, embracing the child for who they are because, like you said, you don't know, and and it doesn't need to be that it turned into a career. But 
Yeah. It's something it's just, that's just what happened. That's just what happened. And yeah. we were open to the possibility that this is some, that something that could have been turned into a detriment turned out to be one of my great strengths. Yeah. And it's actually something I'm still really good with. I'm really good with memorizing stuff. Like I tell, I always tell my mom, I'm like, mom, you said this about last week. Did I? Yeah, mom. <laughs> I <remember>. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know, no matter what, if there's something they're interested in or something, some way that they're seeing things or whatever, we don't need in that moment to understand why. It may be 10, 15 years looking back where we go, oh, I see what they were getting out of it. I see the value, the whatever, the connection, you know, and we don't even have to know ever, but what's important is it's really important to them in that moment, right? Exactly. That's, yeah. And that's how they're engaging with the world. And another thing I'll probably, I'll close out on this one because I don't know how much time we have left. Um, when it has like, like I had with like my memorization stuff, it, don't look at it as like, this is a big detriment. This is a big fault. This is a red flag that this is bad. This is wrong. This is not normal. Embrace it as a trait that this is who they are. This is what makes them a person they may grow out of it they may um develop it into something else they may it may stick with them who knows um but really embrace that don't think of it of like oh no there's something wrong it's like okay this is what my kid is dealing with we're going to deal with this we're going to figure out if it if sh if the kid needs help or if i just let it be or if i help develop it into something else that's something that's good don't always think in negatives. Try to make it a positive. Yeah, and and that's all part of um, just supporting Exploring. them, and being with them. Because you know what? If at some point they are starting to feel like it's a negative and they want more help, absolutely. You know, that's yeah, exactly. And that's actually something um, I've seen a lot. I used to teach dance, and my age group was sixteen months to um, to seven years old, and kids learn like sponges. And so if you teach them like this is a bad thing, they're going to grow up thinking this is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, it's action and reaction. And you and just remember that they learn, they pick up on a lot of things. And if they learn things as a negative, it takes a long time. Like I actually heard a long time ago, um, it takes a person to hear something positive 20 times for them to believe it, but if they hear one thing that's negative, that it's only one time, and it can and your brain processes of like this is the truth. And it takes a lot more positive than it does negative. Yeah, yeah, that's such a great point, and I love what you said. Like because there's so many ways you can just incorporate that into their life. Embrace that this is who they are. I love what you said. They, you know, you guys ended up playing movie quote games with it. Yeah, it's like embrace it and see that to me, I always talk about playing with things, you know, always play around. There's always different ways to look at things. There's always different ways to do things. You know, if that playing quote game didn't, didn't catch on, you'd find a little something else to do. Maybe it's just memorizing different things or, you know, what, because yeah. whatever the reaction, what people didn't like about the quote game would be more clues to what it really was. That was super interesting mm -hmm. to you. If it wasn't that yeah. right. But we're always meeting needs. We're always, you know, when we're choosing things, we're choosing things for a reason. We're doing things for a reason. 
you know, and if it's not conscious per se, or, you know, a little kid who's not going to be able to say, well, you know, I like this, you can still mm-hmm. watch them and, and put different things in their path and do different things with them to be able to mm-hmm. put together the various clues. Well, they like this a little bit more. They didn't like that. You know, it's like a puzzle. It's a really super fun puzzle of figuring out someone that you love, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I actually love puzzles. So it's like, yeah, this is, this is <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Katie. I had so much fun. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm glad that I got to share my perspective. Oh, that's awesome. I'm really happy uh, to chat with you too. And I'm happy that people will get to hear it and have the link to your uh, short film fundraising as well. Um, So before we go, where might people get in touch with you online? I'll have the link to the fundraiser. Do um, you have a Facebook or something? I am really active on Twitter. You can find me at actor KDP. Okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook, but I'm actually at my limit of friends. You could probably message me, but I'm at my limit of friends of like how many people can friend me. So probably Twitter is the easier place for, to find me. Okay. That's awesome. I'll make sure I have that there too. Well, thank you very much again and have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to pick up your free copy of my book, What is Unschooling? In it, we'll explore some of the common questions people have when they first hear about unschooling, like how will my child learn? How do I know they're learning? What is de-schooling? And how do I get started? It's also available at many online ebook retailers. And if you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Facebook at Living Joyfully. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family. <laughs>